I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Hey folks, David Frost, my strategic forecaster here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, December 12, 2018. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. Obviously, we're still seeing wide swings in the market. They're still playing somewhat of a cat and mouse game. But I think the clarity has become a little more visible, if you will. At least for me, things have become more clear. They became clear overnight or into the morning hours. And therefore, and I'll show you this later, I even sent out my morning notes to those that get them early today. And that was based on where the futures were trading at the time. I wanted them to know my thoughts. I wanted them to see the important numbers that existed. And I wanted them to be able to take advantage of it as early in the day as possible. And we're going to drill down and look at the intraday chart. And you're going to really see in the mind of a trader, or at least this trader today, I'm going to open up exactly what went through my mind, what the trades were, the trade that didn't work. And there were three trades today for me around the S&P 500. And that's not necessarily normal or typical. Three trades in one day, I'm looking for premium trades, but I do have a lot of equities or stocks that I'll trade, whether it be through the morning gaps or whatever the case is. It's just a wider opportunity. We know all that. I've discussed that before. Let's get down to business, but before we do, let me just pause and thank everybody for the participation, making comments and posts underneath the video each and every night. I really do appreciate the interaction. In addition, hit the thumbs up button on the video and also share the video with anybody that you think can benefit from this information okay i've got a lot to unpack tonight i have a laundry list of notes if i get through half of it you're going to be doing fantastic let's start out right out of the gate where we finish the day we're right on top of the upsloping trend line that we've had our eye on for quite some time now that seems to be important we talked about it last night we closed below it three days in a row we gapped above it today. That's where some of the clarity came from. We gapped above it. That's a recapture. Now we've come down to test it. So there's a couple of important things going on. There's a couple of different trend lines that have importance, and we're going to discuss them both. And here's the rub. There is two potential or possibilities, obviously, which way the market can go. It can go up or it can go down. I think a larger move is coming. We're going to get into some of the more specific reasons why, and then I'm going to build a case in one direction or the other. But we're going to lay out both sides, then we'll see which side has the more complete puzzle that we can put together. That's the way it works. So thing number one is we gapped above and recaptured this trend line, but we closed right on top of it. Is that a positive or a negative? Well, it's not a positive, but it's not really a negative either. It's kind of a neutral. We're above it. We gapped above it, and they closed above it. So I'm going to look at it and say it's better than a negative, but it's not necessarily all that great of a close. And by the way, I'm going to show you a couple of things that I've found on the charts, really just found supporting reasons why certain price areas are important. And I'll go through it, and then you'll see what I'm talking about. It's kind of one of those things where... 
if you're not fascinated by this, then either you're in the wrong business or you're on the wrong channel, and that's totally possible. This isn't for everybody. I get that. But let me go through what I'm going to go through, and then we'll see how it unfolds, and then you'll decide how you feel about it. And by the way, they're still trying to shake everybody out of the market. They're trying to make it so the actual big bite of a large move, nobody's there for. You saw it last night. So the market gaps higher this morning. We trade up to a certain level. We'll go over it in a minute. And yesterday, they made an attempt, and probably successfully so, at shaking out the majority of traders that wanted to be in for a move, regardless of whether it was a move up or a move down, regardless of what you thought. You thought the market was going to collapse? Fine. They probably shook you out. You thought the market was going to rally? Fine. They probably shook you out. What do we always say? Trick, trap, fool, and frustrate. What do you think was going on yesterday, the day before, today? That's what's going on. The market is making it difficult to be in for the large chunks of large moves. Won't always be like this, but that's what we have today. Let's go down to a shorter time frame and let's talk about the hourly chart for a moment. Let's just get the lay of the land first. Let's understand what we're looking at. So we have this important level at 263.12. That comes from the daily chart. We know that's a breakup candle low. The market has yet to close any day below that level. It's still good in my book until it's not. The other thing we have is this upsloping trend line that also obviously comes over from the daily chart. You can see we're approaching that trend line on close today based on this hourly chart. Now the futures were slightly below there, but we're discussing daily closes, we're discussing the spider, and we're discussing the hourly chart, and this is where we are. We don't know where the futures are going to open up tomorrow or down tomorrow. Doesn't matter. Let's talk about where we are right now based on closes of normal market session. Now let's kind of also get the visual and the understanding of how I'm looking at this market or this chart. I want you to understand. I want you to be in my mind. Obviously a dangerous place to be, but you have to be there with me to understand what I'm looking at. I've mentioned a few times the market is still trading technically sound. So here's what I mean. So the market collapses down and we find support at the 263.12 and we rally back up. And what we did was really just rally back up and make a garden variety retracement. Those traders that have taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader understand what I'm referring to. They also filled a gap. So those two things in and of itself are reason enough to expect overhead resistance. We got it. But the market went down a lot farther than normally would happen off of a garden variety retracement. We accept the fact that these are the type of markets we're in. Anything goes. We break the low. We break the 263.12 and we close below there for a few hours. But we fight back and we close the day above that level. Is that a positive, negative, neutral, nothing? Do we even think about that? Do we discard it? No, that's a huge positive in my book. That's a failure intraday, but a recapture by the close of a very, very important level in my book. So that's a positive. I like that. Then we gap up and we retrace. And what do we do? We find support at the 263.12, slightly below it. We came down below the big fat round even number and we pop back up it and put in a tail candle on the hourly chart. That's important. 
We have something to trade against. And then we have the poor close yesterday, and that's this candle right here. The 1600 candle is the last candle of the day yesterday. That was the poor close, and then it left everybody scratching their heads. They whipped everybody around. They closed below the trend line, which was certainly a negative when you viewed the market, at least the way I view the market. So I was unsure, unclear. You heard it in the video last night. Fair enough. But at the end of the day, when you look back, playing Monday morning quarterback, we did have something to trade against on the hourly chart regardless. And here's the problem, right? The problem is I'm looking at the hourly chart after the fact. On yesterday's close, we could have gapped down 80 points in the S&P this morning. And that's why at the close, you can't take that trade against this low on the hourly chart. That was the problem. Or at least that was a problem. Today... We gap up, recapture the trend line, and trade into this convergence of the moving averages and pull back. Now, I thought that we would actually trade a little bit higher today. The obvious number is getting up to, on the ES contract, that's the S&P E-mini futures contract, 2700 which would coincide with right around 270 in the SPY. But you did have the moving averages, And the folks that get my morning notes knew about this information early. And here it is. This is what went out early. This went out before 9 o'clock. Usually I send these notes out right before the opening bell. You can read them for yourself. But what I'm discussing here is the fact that 2668 was really the bogey. That was the point. And my point was is that as long as 2668 held on hourly closes, that was going to be good for higher prices. Now, I was actually looking for, before the market opened, I was looking for 2700 but then as the day or the morning unfolded, I sent out a subsequent note, and that note was sent right before noontime, and here it is, so far so good. If the ES reaches 2690 it would be an important area, likely to find a lot of overhead resistance, 20 moving averages there, that was from the daily chart, doesn't mean they can't go higher, but normally there would be a reaction just saying, and that was my point, or that was my way of saying, you're going to have overhead resistance there, and the market never even got there. Real quick, here's a 10-minute chart of the ES contract, and you can see the high of the day, right about midday, right really after I sent that note, the market made a high of 2886.50, and then we sold off the rest of the day. So we never got to even the 2690, which in and of itself is essentially a sign of weakness. But let's get back to the hourly chart of the spider because I have more stuff. So we discussed the trend line that's underneath the market. We're approaching it. If you look at the daily chart, we're basically sitting right on top of it. But wait, there's more. I was trying not to discuss this because when you discuss these type of patterns, they have a tendency not to work out. So here's the situation. This is essentially a breakout. This is essentially an inverse head and shoulders pattern on the hourly chart. Now, the reason I'm bringing it up now is because there were several traders that emailed me throughout the day today. Obviously, it's being discussed. So be it. So here it is. So what are we doing? We're actually coming back to retest the neckline of the inverse head and shoulders pattern. Now, you have to be aware of something. It's not the ideal pattern. It's a little steep. It's not really something that I can be in love with, but here it is nonetheless. 
By the way, I want to jump back for a second. We'll come back to this chart in a moment. I'm sorry to jump around, but I think it's important. Now, we're back to the ES contract for a second, but I want to note something. Before the market opened, I focused on 26.68. The market opened right basically on top of it. It actually opened. The opening price was 26.71.50. So we opened above it, came down to retest it, dipped below, and then you can see that they're fighting it. The bulls and the bears are having it out, and the bulls win the battle for the time being, and they take off to the upside. But you can see whether it was actually 26.60 seven or 2669 or something in between is really irrelevant my point is it's this general area you can see it was important over here this was yesterday and you want to know if it was important the day before or the day before that or when was it important was it ever important are there reasons why we should be looking at this particular price area let's find out let's just scroll back and let it happen let's see what's back there when we see 2668, yeah, I would say that's important, okay? Of recent, that's important, and it's going to go off the chart. But you can see what I'm looking at. I'm just giving you a glimpse into my mind. I'm letting you understand what I look at and my preparation in the morning and why I focus on certain price areas and why I might focus for a long or a short trade, realizing that if the market finds support, or finds resistance at a particular area, it's likely to trade away from it in one direction or the other. If you want to learn the whole package, you really do have to take the course. It just is what it is. So here we are at another inflection point. Obviously, we're back on the spider chart, on the 60-minute chart. We're at an inflection point. Let's see what happens tomorrow morning. Let's say they dip down tomorrow morning and get into this area. Let's see what price is in that area, and let's see if it seems important. Here's what I'll say. I'm going to use the number of 264, all right? And here's why. 264 is a deep enough retracement, enough to scare everybody away. But below that, we start to get into a retest of this particular price level from yesterday. We reversed at that area, and we very well may go back and retest that reversal area. However, getting below yesterday's closing price, even on an hourly closing basis for me, is not a good place to be in a long trade. So if we closed hourly below 264, I wouldn't want the risk on the table. However, any kind of retracement, and if we can stay above and close hourly above 264 tomorrow, I'm interested in the long side. And then there's a quandary, right? So in between 264, there comes 263 again, or not in between, but below. So there's 263. So we know that 263 should also be somewhat supportive. Maybe it's slightly below, maybe it's slightly above, but there's a lot going on, is my point, down in this price area on the chart. Getting below that zone is not good for price. It's not good for the S&P. And by the way, closing hourly below this trend line is a failure of that pattern to begin with. So what does that tell you? Tells you our number one tomorrow is going to be uber important. I also mentioned before that I wanted to point out a few trades. 
I would love to tell you that I was short from up here and rode it all the way down throughout the entire afternoon, but that's not the case. That's not what happened. You can tell based on my morning notes that I was taking a long position looking for higher prices. So we gapped higher, but was willing to hop on board looking for, ultimately, in the morning hours, I was really looking for 2700 But as the morning progressed, I realized that was going to be unlikely to happen, at least on the first shot. But the market was strong, and I thought it was a buy-the-pullback environment. So now you're going to go right into the mind of a trader. You make decisions in real time based on what the information is telling you at the time. First trade, right around 2.30 in the afternoon, I see this candle develop, and I take the trade after the candle closed. I don't take the trade right after the candle closed. What I want to do is I want to have as little risk as possible. So what do I do? Wait for price to come down to test the bottom portion of the candle. It won't always do that, and I won't always get filled trying to do that. Yet, I want that price because I want to be wrong small and fast if I have to be wrong. I had enough reasons why, right out of the course, I had enough reasons why that trade will work 7 or 8 out of 10 times. I'll take it 10 out of 10 times with the full understanding that I'm still going to lose sometimes. That's just the way this business works, but I'm still going to take that trade 10 out of 10 times. The next candle closes below. I'm out of the trade. How much did I lose? Not a lot. And let's put not a lot in perspective for a second. The markets are volatile. The swings are large in both directions. So your position size has to be smaller because the swings are larger. So what would normally be a two-point move or a three-point move is now a five, six, or seven-point move. What would normally be a 10-point move is a 20 or 30-point move in the matter of minutes. Not all day, but it's certainly happening. So on that particular trade, in terms of the ES, it was a four and a half point loss. In terms of the spider, it was about 40, 50 cents. I don't want to lose, but it's a fact of the business. However, what happened following? Right next door, we have another entry. We have another signal of a trend change right out of the chute. Another opportunity not because of that candle but other reasons surfaced at the same time right there's another reason why at minimum of one another reason why the trade can be taken again and this is the problem that a lot of traders run into and i get it i understand fully why it's hard to get back into the same trade for the same reasons based on the same setup like 10, 15, 20 minutes later after you just took a loss. It's very hard to do that. And when you don't do it, they take off without you. And when you do it, you're wrong again. I get it. I understand the whole thing. But the reality is, I just said I'm going to take the trade 10 out of 10 times. I took it again and it worked. But here's the rub. I lost four and a half points. This is ES points. I lost four and a half points on the first trade. But watch this on the second trade. So the entry almost doesn't matter. Let's say it was towards the low or halfway down or even at the top of the closing candle right here. This one from the 1440 candle. Okay. Now, A, right out of the course, price never closed below that candle. We're good to go. We know where our stop is. We know where we're wrong. We're in the trade. Now, here's where it pays to have 
flexibility. Whether we're talking in shares or contracts, if it's contracts, really the ideal scenario is more than one. If it's shares, you can do it with almost any amount more than one. As the price or as the trade begins to go in your favor, you take profit on one of the contracts or half the position or a third of the position, whatever your fancy is, and you let the rest go. Now watch what happened next. I just put this line in at 267.50. Where did price go? It went to test the high of that breakdown candle right around 267.50, give or take a few pennies on either side. That's what happened, and that's what happened off the entry, and price never closed below this candle. That's something among a lot of other things that's right out of the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. And what happened was 10 points. So if you took profit on a portion of the position at first, no matter what it was, and knew where your exit was, and those traders that have taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader knew where the exit was, and your job on any remainder of what you're holding in terms of the position is never to let it go negative. So you have what's called a risk-free, emotionless trade on your hands. And then the rest of the day is history. We've already covered that. In terms of that little package of information, how do you like them apples? I'm going to show you one more thing with the spiders, and then we'll move it along. But before we do, I think this is pretty neat. Let's switch over to the IWM. So the IWM had a gap in crap. We know that. So we obviously see the IWM finish near the lows today. That's not a positive. We need the IWM to participate. But the IWM was participating. It was leading all day long. So in terms of being a leading indicator, it is my favorite market leading indicator or market indicator, if you will, in either direction. And it was leading still, even after we crapped out at the end of the day, the IWM finished up about nine-tenths of 1%, and the spider about one-half of 1%. So all in all, still a positive day. We're not seeing a meltdown in the IWM by any means. If you look at a chart like this and you say, well, everything looks terrible from a visual perspective. It just looks bearish. I understand how it's hard to see that this thing can rally from here, but it can. But here's the other thing you need to keep in mind. On the other side... We don't need another retest of the lows. It can happen, and we can go up from there, certainly. But we don't need another retest of that low day, that low candle. We already had it yesterday. So coming down to retest in that area again, right around 142.5, give or take a little bit, we don't need to do that. So therefore, if we're down in that area, it has to be bearish in my mind, obviously make decisions in real time based on what's going on in the charts. But in my mind, just looking at it from here, if that were to happen, that would be a bearish setup to me. I wouldn't necessarily be willing to take risk or put risk on the table unless something was different based on what was happening in real time. Just want to give you a snapshot into what I'm thinking. The transports are also in a little bit of a precarious position. It's kind of another case of a gap in crap for one, but also another case of we really don't need to be down here. So they need to get going. Obviously, against the low from two days ago right here from the 10th, that's the low that in theory we're trading against when we look at a chart like this in the transports or any chart for that matter that looks like this 
We're trading against that low, but we don't need to be here. It needs to get going. We need to get back over 10,000 in the transports for things to look and turn bullish. We have a different picture in the transports. And keep in mind, I told you I'm going to go over both sides of the equation. These are all puzzle pieces. They get put on the table, and then you kind of weigh it at the end. Now, we discussed breakup candles, breakdown candles. We discussed the 263.12 in the Spider, in the SPY. That was an important level that has held to date. But look what we have in the transports. This same level, really, right? We can have the same kind of setup in the transportation chart, and the low here is 98.97. Now we've closed below it three times. Unless you get a quick recapture, that's not good, and therefore, lower prices would be likely based on this chart, based on that information, how I look at it. About the Qs, not too bad. We know this is top-heavy to five or six particular stocks, but nevertheless, it's still an index, it still has a weighting, and therefore, it still doesn't look half bad. We're maintaining the price level above the 20-period moving average. We closed pretty much right on top of it, but for now, as long as we stay up there and close daily above there, it's somewhat positive and they can work their way higher. Remember, we're still working off this higher low that was put in. That's a positive. So all these markets don't necessarily look the same when you pull back a little bit and look at the daily chart from a daily chart, weekly chart perspective. They don't all look the same. Some look terrible. Some look better than others. That's why you have to treat each chart independent of one another. You draw your conclusion at the end when you put all the puzzle pieces on the table. How about the financials? Here's a chart of the broker-dealers. Then we'll look at the XLF, which is actually a little more interesting. But it was also a gap and crap day for the XBD. We were up large. We were up over 250 and finished down, but up over 1%, still over $2.60, but still finished down from well down from where we were earlier in the day. Here's the chart that I think is more important than the broker-dealers right now, the XLF. Look where we went to test today. The high of the day, let me move this over. The high of the day happened to be 25.02. Go back to what we discussed last night, $25. It's important. Support becomes resistance. Resistance becomes support. They have to get over 25 to get going. Without the financials, we're not going to get a rally in the market. It's unlikely they're not going to go in separate directions. It's just an unlikely scenario. So in order for this thing to get going, we've got to get above 25. How do they do it? Maybe they gap above it. Maybe they can't do it. I'm watching that very, very closely. The SMH, again, a different chart. We have another higher low scenario. We have two higher lows in the SMH. We hit an important price level twice. We tested a breakdown candle high yesterday. Tested it again today. Can yet close above there on the daily chart. Close above there and it might light a little match. But we couldn't close or haven't closed above there yet. But we did finish up 1.5% in the SMH. So again, and I hate this term, but I'll use it. A green shoot. This is the exchange traded product or exchange traded fund that tracks the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index. I know there's a lot of interest in Apple, gap and crap in Apple. We obviously know that if we're holding Apple, we know exactly what happened to Apple. 
It's against the low below 164 on a daily close. That's the only thing you can do right now being long Apple. That's the proper place. Unfortunately, it may or may not be more risk than some of you are willing to take. I get that. But here's where we are. I know a lot of you are in from higher prices, but that's where we are in Apple. Netflix, another higher low scenario, trying to carve out a higher low. Can it get going? Can it get above this breakdown candle high? That's the requirement. Until and unless that happens, no, it can't. 284.21, it's got to get over there first on hourly closes and then it can get going. And with that, folks, I'm pretty much out of air, so I will give it a wrap here. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is Common Sense Market Analysis.